Airing from the No Sponsorship Studios, this is Buddy Walk with Jesus, where real life and the kingdom of God connect. Now, your hosts, Joe and Edgar. Father God, we lift up everyone who's listening right now. We thank you for the opportunity to share from your word things that we've seen, Father, not perfectly, but with passion and a desire to see them eat something up that would be a new nugget for them, Father. This is something that's spoken of very little in today's church, but we need to speak about your coming, what you plan to do, especially as the times are changing so rapidly. We want to be part of the solution for your kingdom and not feed into the world's anxiety. We pray right now that you'd guard our hearts and our tongues and that you would allow us to be submitted to you. Father, that you would give us insight that we might share and encourage those who are listening. Father, you adore them so much. You see each and every one. And we thank you that not only are they dearly loved, but they're held by you and you know them by name. And one day soon, you will give them a new name, one that only you and they will know, a special name. We thank you in Jesus' name for that. Amen. Welcome, guys, to another episode of Buddy Walk with Jesus. We want to take a second here and welcome all of the new listeners and the faithful audience. It's been a blessing to see this community grow as we strive to reach the ends of the earth with God's word and the importance of finding intimacy in him. As always, I want you all to know two things. You are prayed for and you are loved deeply. We hope that everybody's holidays have been going well thus far. Uh, we know that this has been a very different year for many. And we've stayed in prayer and continue to stay in prayer for anyone who's been affected this year with everything going on. I would be curious to hear from some of our international audience on the differences this year in comparison to other years. You can reach out to joe at buddywalkwithjesus.com. Also, just a reminder, if you guys need prayer, please reach out. We have a Discord server with some great folks with spirited conversation and a collection of prayer warriors. The link is down in the episode description. Uh, you can also reach our prayer team at prayer at buddywalkwithjesus.com. So this week, we are wrapping up our holiday series on end times scripture. I really hope that this has been as illuminating for you guys as it has been for me. God has used this time of discussing this to remind me that we need to have a sense of urgency. And honestly, I have been approaching this topic and approaching this concept incorrectly, okay? Anticipation is different than obsessing or trying to map out a timetable. And truthfully, guys, I've been guilty of pretty much painting every person that talks about this kind of stuff 
as being obsessed. And because my focus has been there, I have missed out on a much bigger picture of what all of this means. It is startling to look around and see how many boxes have been ticked. We've talked about previously um, that it's easy to sometimes take a look at all of this stuff as if it's Star Wars. I've come to the realization that when you're working under a sense of urgency, that it really should change the way that you look at our holy calling to go out and make disciples. When you aren't acting out of a place of urgency, it's really easy to allow life, to allow issues, to allow circumstances to stop you from going out and doing the things and living the way that we're called to do. You know, I hid behind the excuse, as we've talked about, as I've talked about uh, throughout this series, that if I'm living the way that I should be living, then really it doesn't matter. And while there are some truths to that staying ready sort of mentality, there is an issue when you take into consideration um, that life still happens, right? We're all still adults. We're all still functioning people that have responsibilities, jobs, families, especially for those of us that have been going on this epic this year and have experienced some of the um, traumatic aspects of this year. It's easy to lose sight of the mission when there's so many other things going on. And guys, when that changes to this sense of urgency that that position has to be paramount and has to be at the forefront, that changes everything, right? If this year has taught us anything, it is that tomorrow is not guaranteed. And so while it can be a bit of a rabbit hole to go into, well, you know, December 31st, 2020, whatever, all of that kind of stuff, that's so not the point when you realize that, um, A, like I said, tomorrow, tomorrow is not guaranteed. And B, that we are living in times that the world around us says are uncertain but guess what we have certainty and so now is the time with the world being in the state that it is for us to stand up and for us to be the church and so as we finish out this and as we finish out this topic in this conversation um i it is my prayer and my hope that those of you that have been on this journey with us are blessed with open eyes in the same way that i feel as though i have been i have realized that i've been very passive as far as the, all of this stuff goes and you know I used to think that at least if I was doing something, 
then that means that I'm living in the right way. When the Bible calls for us to anticipate this second coming, that, again, is not obsession. It's anticipation. And that reflects how it is that we approach all of this stuff. One last note, because there are a lot of potentially confusing uh, concepts that are to be covered through all of this, we are going to be sticking to reading out of the ERV. Designed for the deaf community and those with a limited vocabulary. I love the ERV and uh, it does make things a lot easier, especially when you're dealing with um, people who have a hard time um, picking up these words that are new to them, justification, sanctification. And a lot of times it's just making it too, too big and keeping it simple would be a better way to go. But I want to pick up with um, a short talk about Revelations, the beginning part up to 19. And it's just going to be a brief synopsis to give a, a discussion about. I want to focus on something else that's not as talked about as much. And, you know, honestly, it's something that came up at the last minute. So this is kind of something that I want to talk about. And I don't know where it's going to go. And hopefully it will be an encouragement and a strengthening. I think that one of the things that we really need to understand is that the book of Revelations is a prophetic book. And when we talk about prophecy, the one thing that we may not be aware of is that prophecy probably makes up about 30% of the Bible. It's a little bit under 28, 27% of the Bible is prophetic. I was very and, surprised when I read a statistic along those lines as I was, as I was uh, researching for these episodes and such. I did not realize that much of the Bible was taken up by prophecy. Yeah, and there's um there are words uh, excuse me there even the prophecies about Jesus they're still more unfulfilled than fulfilled by him so we have a lot more going on than we realize it's not a book that is complete and done there's more activity that God has already told us about and I think part of it is it's important for people to understand how the story ends so that they don't have this fear factor of the unknown you know that people without a vision perish the bible says but god has not only laid out what's going to happen as tragic as it is he's told us that he wins in the end period and he does it in such a way that it is final um but there's still a lot of journey to go for that and this is going to be my attempt to help bring some light to that. Now, the first thing I do want to talk about is Revelations. It's the only book that has a promise um, to those who read it. And we look at that promise. It's in the beginning. It says, great blessings belong to, and this is verse three, great blessings belong to the person who reads the words of this message from God and to those who hear this message and do what is written in it 
there is not much time left. Now, this is a book that was written 2,000 years ago, and we remember that time is not the same for man as it is for God. So, even though 2,000 years have passed, we would not want to be at a deficit if God had made it happen quickly and we lost opportunity. God is always about opportunity, but at one point, and as you read Revelations, you'll hear it repeated over and over because I, I picked up on it, and it wasn't the first reading, it was several readings into it, that people refuse to repent. Their hearts had become seared. They refused to repent. They would rather have the mountains fall on them than repent. The best way I've heard it put is by C.S. Lewis, successful rebels to the end. Yes, <laughs> that's not a trophy I want, that's for sure. Exactly. Um, so a lot occurs in Revelations, but one of the key things that I do want to bring out is that, and I did this, there are several times as the plagues occur, we're told a portion of the population dies. Right now, we have over seven and a half billion, but I put seven and a half billion into a spreadsheet because I love Excel. Um, and I decided to try to quickly find these before the episode because it was a last minute thought. So in three scriptures, there was a number of the population that died. So we, if we start off at 7.5 billion people, Revelation 6, 8 says a quarter of the people died. That drops the population to 5,625,000 people. Revelations 19 says a third of the people died. That drops the population down to 3,712,500. Oh no, 712,500,000. Um, I'm not sure if I said 5 billion 625 million but that's what i should have said in the previous one and then the final one that i found there might be another one because i seem to think four times but a third also died in revelations 9 18 and that drops the population down to two billion four hundred and fifty million two hundred and fifty thousand that's a large i want to say astronomical amount of people we have basically seen the population drop, the population drop down to 32%. That's a lot of people gone. You know, uh, you're on to a good episode when you're just sitting here listening. I'm just saying. <laughs> so 32% of the population is around. And we see that that population is made up of martyrs and tribulation saints those who wouldn't repent those who are going to pursue their ideals whether they're for god or they're for themselves under the environment of the antichrist the false prophet and the beast or as people have called them the unholy trinity so that is where it it goes to and it goes towards the second coming and what i want to do is i want to be able to pick up after all that is done and we're looking at revelations 19 through 20 but i do want to draw one emphasis here the word ecclesia the church 
is used in the first three chapters. Um, let me double check. It might be used in the beginning of chapter four, but it, the word church doesn't appear again till 19, Revelations 19. So in between that, there is no mention of the ch word church. There is of tribulation saints. So I would say that's a distinction right then and there. Now, the tribulation saints are very dear to God. I don't want anyone to think that because they missed a rapture, God does not love them. He is giving them still a way out. The thing is, it requires more emphasis on your intimacy with God than ever before because your life will depend on it. There's no way around it. Your life will depend on it. Um, I'm going to go to straight to... Uh, we did read before um, on the rapture and we talked about Revelations 19, but I want to go to... I want to go to actually um, Revelations 20 and I'm going to start reading it. I'm not sure if I'm going to stop off as a thought pops in and follow it towards its end, but I want to be able to do that. So you may see me interrupt myself um, uh, and hopefully it'll, it will be, it won't be too much of a distraction. And so Revelations 20, I saw an angel coming down out of heaven. The angel had the key to the bottomless pit. The angel also held a large chain in his hand. The angel grabbed the dragon, that old snake also known as the devil or Satan. The angel tied the dragon with a chain for 1,000 years. Then the angel threw the dragon into the bottomless pit and closed it. The angel locked it over the dragon. The angel did this so that the dragon could not trick the people of the earth until 1,000 years ended. After 1,000 years, the dragon must be made free for a short time. Then I saw some thrones and people sitting on them. They were the ones who had been given the power to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been killed because they were faithful to the truth of Jesus and the message of God. They did not worship the beast or its idol. They did not receive the mark of the beast on their foreheads or their hands. They came back to life and ruled with Christ for 1,000 years. The rest of the dead did not live again until the 1,000 years were ended. So now we see that in this section from uh, verse 4 and 5 that the martyrs are part of the ruling I want to say order. I don't want to say class, but they're the ones who rule after the thousand years starts, after Satan is put in um, in the pit. But none of the other dead people are, are raised up. So there's an emphasis and a reward for the martyrs who loved not their lives even unto death who by the, defeated by the word of their testimony, by the blood of the Lamb. So those three things they did, they stood out. For anyone who misses the rapture, this is who you want to be. This is what your goal is. If you find scripture or Bible, um, 
auto audio files like podcasts uh you know bible on digital form grab it keep it whatever you do don't let it out of your hands memorize it it will help you immensely we see here a thousand year rule and i want to segue for a moment to isaiah but we see that this thousand years um is a dwelling of god of jesus with man um and the feast of tabernacles also called the feast of booths is where the jewish people it's a fall feast celebrate we talked about this two episodes ago the fulfillment of that feast is this probably here and i'm going to say yeah it is um, but i'm open to god saying it's something else he missed the boat on that but god dwelling with people and he's gonna after a thousand years also dwell permanently with people but here it's symbolic of the seventh day the day of rest the first six thousand years have taken place now we're on the seventh um, and there's a line of thought that each thousand years lines up with a day of the week and that's a whole different study i've listen to one person talk about it and it is an engaging study it's not something that i i've gone too deep into but i can see where it would line up here we're going to go to isaiah isaiah 60 520 probably talks of this thousand years and i'll tell you why in a moment uh, 65 verses 20 and 21 in that city there in that city, there will never be a baby who lives only a few days. And every older person will live a long, for a long, long time. A person who lives 100 years will be called young. And whoever doesn't live that young will be considered cursed. In that city, whoever builds a house will live there. And whoever plants a vineyard will eat the grapes from that garden. So this talks about a kingdom where people are long lived. Now, they say if you die before 100 years, you will be considered cursed. So the normal thing is that people are born, they live longer than 100 years. 100 years would be considered young according to Isaiah's prophecy. At no point have we had that happen. Now, People might say, well, in Genesis, people lived 900 years and everything. But, you know, we got to take context and context. This is after Genesis. It's not a historical, but it's right. prophetic. So there's going to come a point in time where somebody's long lived. Well, right. actually, the whole population is long lived. So people are going to be living longer. And it may be for many different reasons, but the Lord has come. And that's the reason, the main reason. And whatever he brings allows people to live longer. Going back to um, Revelations, there was a point where it talks about the mark being received. Okay, and I want to read it from its context. You know, they did not receive the mark of the beast on their foreheads and their hands. 
pay attention, and this is spoken of earlier in Revelations, but this mark is going to be something that we're supposed to keep an eye out for because we don't want it. Um, it actually is making us separated from God because we've decided to take it as an allegiance to whatever government is there, the one world government, the Antichrist government. I remember um, it was at least a year ago because it was in the last place that um, that my wife and I lived. I remember reading this article about it was it was some Scandinavian country that that uh, instilled widespread usage of a chip that is that goes into your hand and that's how you pay for things and that's how you do things and all that kind of stuff well of course the christian in me is like nah man i've seen this horror movie i'm good not a chance in anything would i go ahead and get something like that and i know that's that's one example of one thing that could um translate into something like this and i don't mean to be to make light of a very serious topic but you see these things more and more prevalently and i know that a lot of people use the dissemination of information as almost a scapegoat of sorts to explain away why now is not the time but i'm like I mean, we serve a God that's that uses that can use anything to his advantage. And we if we are living in a time where this widespread information and things like that is is at our fingertips. So why not now? You know? Mm, yes, there's um, a thought popped up with that is that and I, I mentioned a phrase, I think it was two episodes ago, um, boiling the frog and as technology advances we've gotten away from physical currency to digital currency now we pull out our phones or our watch and we make a payment yep. now we've gone from a phone which was usually in our hip pocket or for the ladies in the purse now to a wrist payment which is on the hand so now we're very comfortable with technology where it's not that much of a step to say you know what an implant will never get stolen it'll be technology will probably be hard to crack and everything you know a head swipe you know however they do it well we that's are... good go ahead i, I was <laughs> good we are used and this is an interesting one because someone says we are used to getting our temperature taken by those handguns oh let me rephrase that those um, thermometer guns where they point at the forehead and they take that so we're actually used to having our head, um, I don't want to say examined, but we have our head scanned for the temperature. Right. So we're becoming comfortable with a method that could easily um, translate to having a forehead um, form of payment or a hand form of payment. So we, we have to keep an eye out for that. And for so long, this kind of thing, you talk about this kind of thing, and I know because I used to be one, it's so easy to think of this stuff like you would think about Star Wars, or you would think about sci-fi, you would think about like, this is some outer space stuff, guys. But no, for real, go go ahead and look at the, look at the world around you. You know what I mean? More and more things start to pop up that 
okay, so you can make a joke and say it's for such and such a thing. I had made a joke before about um, satellite, about how satellite, somebody once said that satellite television is is kind of the the check mark as to how, you know, um, everybody could all see it kind of at the same time sort of thing. But we, as, as Edgar's talking, and as I've taken time to look at all of these things, you realize that it's not one giant shift that's going to take place or that has taken place or that is taking place. It's not one monumental transition from one way of doing things and suddenly, and uh, contrary to what a lot of the popular media surrounding this topic would have you believe, it's not normal life and then suddenly Satan is in control. It's, it's a series of, of pre-exposures to these concepts that get us comfortable. You know what I mean? We're sitting here talking about the chip in the hand. We're sitting here talking about thermometers. We're sitting here talking about digital currency. And we're sitting here talking about a time where um, more prevalently than ever, all I'm going to say is that there's... Um, we see more prevalently than ever an acceptance of the interplay between an overarching governmental restriction and guideline and way of doing things. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not speaking to this side, that side, left side, in between side, green side. I don't care. None of that is what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is we are being pre-exposed to a concept in which is becoming more and more familiar as is the case with all of these things that when you when you get enough of these things you have to take a step back and say well there's a lot of things you know what i mean and again i made this joke last week but i feel compelled to make this joke again when it's somebody like me somebody that has been so staunch about keeping their nose down and saying nope none of it i'm not listening to any of it is saying well now is a time where enough things are starting to have been a thing that you have to seriously pay attention i feel like that says something you know what i mean yes now gone are the days when i used to listen to the amberola phonograph um which joe doesn't know because he's a young puppy um, i can amberola be perfect I can be perfectly honest that my 30-year-old absolutely just showed and I had no idea what you just said. This is, and you probably have seen this, this is the record player that was the cylinder. Not the oh, Victrola. Okay. Uh, and I hope I pronounced that right. The Victrola. I never pronounced it correctly. Which had the big megaphone thing on it. Um, but it played what we would consider an LP. Mm. Now, I don't know if you know what an LP is uh, from my from my time as a musician yes oh that's right he knows it by a different name he knows it as vinyl <laughs> yeah so and it, you know the technology seemed to take a longer time you had your 45s you had your 78s um and it seemed like the 45s were around for a long time and then something came out called a cassette and then boom, it was all over the place as soon as a Sony Walkman came into being. And from there, it wasn't long before we had those mini discs that died very quickly. 
and laser discs that died even faster, but we had CDs. This lasted for, I want to say 10, 15 years. I could be wrong on that. But now we switched to streaming service. Everything is streaming. And it was just funny. I'll just say this. Amazon said, if you bought a movie, it doesn't mean you own it. So they're saying now you can pay for it and believe you own it, but you don't own it. We can take it back anytime we want. Uh, yeah. So technology has advanced very quickly. And with that guidelines and rules and regulations and laws have changed. You know, um, social media has created a whole new environment. And in my opinion, has got out of hand. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Twitter. Um, I used to be, uh, but I stopped. Nonsense. But all of it is nonsense. I'm <laughs> just saying, and that's the 31 year old calling it all nonsense. So we're keeping an eye at technology that's going to create the environment for the tribulation period where you can be tracked, where you can be forced to take a mark if you want to buy food and all that stuff. But what happens at the second coming is Jesus puts an end to it. He does the judgment and everything. Um, and so there is a sense of peace for these thousands, thousand years, excuse me. I didn't mean to make that plural, thousand years. Um, and it's going to be like no time ever on earth. You're not going to die just because, you know, you're at the high octogenarian 80 or 90 or 70, you know, you'll be long lived. And if someone dies at an early age, they're going to say, what's wrong with him that he died so young? He was only 79. Um, that'll be an oddity. Right. But in order for that to be an oddity, time has to pass. So we're, how far into that thousand years does does it become an oddity to die that young 300 400 500 years the thing is during this time we have peace we have the opportunity to learn more from god and learn from the people he's called into i'm going to say teaching positions they're going to be judges and they'll be able to judge rightly and we're talking about the martyrs and the other people that he's mentioned in verse four i think it was so we have the opportunity before Satan is released to learn about God more than probably any other time in period in time to a deeper level because we've witnessed as a as a as a as a I don't want to use the word species as a people we've witnessed as a people God doing miraculous things so there's going to be even less excuse for being deceived adam and eve were deceived we don't know what length of time they had but it doesn't appear to be as long as we would think if we start looking at the years since the jewish people had started marking time because we're now in the year i, I want to say it's 57 80 81 something like that so roughly six thousand years this thousand years will give us more time than Adam and Eve have had before the fall. Um, and I say that, and I'm very happy to be wrong about that. So don't worry about that. But I'm just drawing an analogy. So what I'm saying is that what we have during this time is going to make sure that we don't have an excuse to be tempted by Satan. Now, for the people who are raptured and the people that are martyred, this temptation is not an issue. 
because we've put on the incorruptible. God has made us new. It's the people who survived the tribulation period, the ones who can die younger than 100. Those people are in jeopardy. And you, during this time, they're going to have children. And if they don't raise their children up in the Lord, it's going to be a repeat. So there must be a strong teaching of who God is, how to develop intimacy. And that's part of probably what God's people will be doing. And by that, I do quotes around God's people, meaning the ones who have gone through earth and were raptured and those who have been through the tribulation period and were martyred. Okay. So I'm going to pick up in, um, I don't think I did verse six. Um, actually, verse five is that there's a tail end sentence um, talking about, and I didn't read it when I first did it. Um, so I'm going to read four through five and straight into six. Then I saw some thrones and people sitting on them. These were the ones who had been given the power to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been killed. They were faithful to the truth of Jesus and the message from God. They did not worship the beast or its idol. They did not receive the mark of the beast on their foreheads or on their hands. They came back to life and ruled with Christ 1,000 years. The rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Verse 6. Great blessings belong to those who share in this first resurrection. They are God's holy people. The second death has no power over them. They will be priests for God and for Christ, and they will rule with him for 1,000 years. How that all happens, I, I don't have any idea of. Only to say at the high level is these people who are the bride of Christ and who are the martyrs are going to be God's priests. You know, they're going to be reigning with him and ruling with him. And now we've said very briefly on another episode is you want to rule according to God's kingdom. You don't want to rule according to people's kingdom. You don't want to be arrogant. You don't want to be controlling. You don't want to be manipulative. You don't want to think of people as pawns or projects or anything like that. You want to rule from the fruit of the spirit. You want to be able to love these people, be kind to them, gentle, have patience. These people are going to learn from you how to love God. So you will automatically do this because you're you're one with God. You're the bride of Christ. Unless you're going through the tribulations, the bride of Christ is for the raptured people. But be raptured. Don't be a tribulation saint. That's my opinion. That's where I fall. That's what I want to do. So I feel like I am in a position where um, because this has been a topic that I have held at arm's length for so long that now finally going through it, there's a lot to be taken away from here and boiled down to its bare bones. I will go out on a limb and say this. If in order to um, fully and completely live out where our calling is and what our calling is, 
then living with an anticipation and purposefulness um, is is absolutely paramount. Now, I want you guys to hear me. This is not me suddenly turning over a new leaf and saying on December 31st, 2021, whatever. There's no date. There's no anything like that. There's no nonsense. Okay, please hear that. That it, we are not we are not spewing nonsense. But when you look at this from a biblical point of view, again, what are we called out to do? We are called to go out and make disciples. We are go- we are called to love God. We are called to love others. How do you love them by bringing them into the fold? That doesn't mean hitting everybody in the head with the Bible. That means living with a purpose, with the idea that our God is good, and so He has held off. That the but but the more time passes, the more we have to re take a real look at the world around us. And uh, again, jokes aside, that there's a very real aspect to all of this that we are seeing play out in the world around us. Yes. And there will be many deceivers that come along and say that and say that they are either of God's fold and doing things that are totally not doesn't have anything to do with him or dissuading you from paying attention to this and taking this time seriously. And so church, I want you to hear me when I say this. The Bible calls of deceivers Bible calls of people. Um, yes, it calls of uh, the Antichrist proper, but Antichrists plural are a term that is used um, that is used throughout Scripture and used uh, with a higher frequency than the singular version of um, of the word. And so it is incredibly important for us to stay vigilant about that. We talk about the world that we live in. Guys, it's this very medium that can be used and is used rampantly to spend to, to spread false truths and lies and um, implanting these seeds of discourse amongst believers and things like that. There was a YouTube video that Edgar sent over to me that spawned this whole idea of talking about false prophets, talking about the Antichrist, talking about uh, how the world will be all too eager and ready to deceive you. It will. And so I think that the biggest travesty of so many people that have talked about... um, this time period in the last, I don't know, 30 to 50 years from what I can tell is this whole idea of trying to box it all up into what one nice little, little bowl. And you can feel free to tell me if it goes back deeper than that. But from my research, the last 30 to 50 years have been rampant on a very particular idea that the, that the end times have to look this very specific way in order for it to be biblical and the truth is is that it's going to come uh or it is coming in the way that it is coming and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be exactly by the paradigm that things like left behind would have you believe 
I mean, I remember reading a book that said that Tony Blair was the Antichrist. For the record, I am not saying that I believe that Tony Blair is the Antichrist. But I certainly remember being passed along a book from a pastor that I used to have that said that that was that like it was a whole thing about different signs of the current time. And the end result was was that. And so those things exist throughout the generations and things like that. So whatever way the deception is leaning, just be vigilant and understand that the absolute benchmark, the absolute key, the absolute necessity, all nonsense aside, all half-truths aside, the way to overcome that deceit is to be intimate with God, be at his right hand, but live live in that place. Again, like Edgar was saying, like it's it's like colors that you've never that you've never seen before and things like that. That this relationship in this deeper level that we are um that we are uh called into and that is what we need to be aware of in these times that we live in be it these times in the next five ten five years ten years a hundred years these same things apply regardless of the time frame and i think that that's something that i've missed throughout all of this and that's something that i take away from this and i want to urge other people that maybe think i've thought the same way that i have thought being wholly and completely dismissive of end times prophecy mm. it does not matter whether or not it's the next five years 10 years 100 years the 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 charge that we are given the orders that we are given the commands that we are given they all they, they say the same and we're still just as called to do and live in in a certain way, regardless of whether or not the thing that we are living in anticipation of happens again, five years, 10 years, a hundred years from that time. Yeah. What's interesting as you were speaking, I had a, a thought pop out that it's different than your thought, but it was spurred on by what you were saying as as the bride of Christ, we, we want to be able to share with other people, even if they reject us. And I think um, the thought that the way it came out was when Christ said to hate our father and mother, our brother and sister, so that we can love the gospel more. It's not hate like, oh, I'm angry with you. I just can't stand you kind of hate. It's, it's putting aside or putting aside them as the priority. And if we go ahead and we say, I'm not going to let their rejection of me hold me back from telling them the gospel. And I say this to myself, too, because I encounter this every day, it seems. You know, sharing the gospel is very difficult for us um, as people. I can't say for anybody else in a different country, but in America, we're very consumerist. We're very taught to... Um, What's that thing where people judge you by your outside? We're very status conscious. Um, we're very class oriented. Um, and even if you grow up in an impoverished neighborhood, you can still have those the, that baggage. Um, and, and other countries go through this too, not just Western, um, but any country, uh, I would think. 
So what I want to do is I want to pick up, don't let that hold you back, but I want to finish off where we left off about the defeat of Satan. When the thousand years are ended, Satan will be made free from his prison. He will go out to trick all the nations in the earth. The nations known as Gog and Magog, Satan will gather the people for battle and there will be more people than anyone can count like sand on the seashore. So, I mean, obviously the population grew during that time frame. Um, I saw Satan's armies march across the earth and gather around the camp of God's people, the city that God loves. By fi but fire came down from heaven and destroyed Satan's army. And he, the one who tricked these people, was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur with the beast and the false prophets. There they would be tortured day and night forever and ever. So the Antichrist, the beast, the false prophet, they are in hell, tortured forever and ever. There's no escape for them. Then I saw a large white throne. I saw the one who was sitting on the throne. Earth and sky ran away from him and disappeared. And I saw those who had died, great and small, standing before the throne. Some books were opened, and another book was opened, the book of life. The people were judged by what they had done, which is written in the books. The sea gave up their dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. All these people were judged by what they had done. And death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown in the lake of fire. And that's where the chapter ends. God makes something final. And for those who decide to be rebellious during the thousand years, their deeds are judged, but they still go into the lake of fire. So what, what happens that the book of life is used to read if we uh, the other books are used to read to for judge um, to judge their deeds if their name is not in the book of life that means in my mind that there is a judgment and there's going to be a level and i'm going to i use this loosely of painfulness you know that goes there the judgment is for a reason, and I don't have enough to go here to go into detail about that, and I'd have to do some more studying that. But the people who died in their sin were judged for a reason. And this is, again, what we've said before. You could be good. You could be morally good um, as people define good and still fall short of the glory of God because the only way you can be good in God's eyes is if you're indwelt by him. Jesus says, the only one that is good is my father. He didn't even take it for himself because he knew that him being in the physical would cause confusion for the man who asked the question. That's my thought on that. That's conjecture. So that being said, people cannot enter into the kingdom of their own free will. They have to take their free will and say, I surrender to you, Lord. I want what you've done. Cleanse me of my sin. I've done really bad things. With that thought, the thousand years comes to an end. Yeah, verses, uh, excuse me, chapter 21 and 22, where we see the closing. I'm going to call it the closing of the sinful age. 
um, in the opening of eternity. So we no longer have to worry about sin corruption. We no longer have to worry about failures. We no longer we get to enjoy God as though we've never sinned because of what Christ did on the cross and brought us salvation, which he gave us through the birth of the Holy Spirit. That's a lot of stuff there, and there's a lot of scripture to back that up. The best thing you can do right now is to be intimate. Honor God, glorify God, love your neighbors as you love yourself. So when you honor God and glorify him, you start to see where you fall in alignment and you can start seeing where the Holy Spirit teaches you to get in alignment with him. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to know that you win. Not only that, but to see that you've laid down step by step things that are gonna occur. That you not only warn us, you encourage us to stand fast, to hold the line, to move forward, to advance your kingdom in a way that we haven't seen before, but that you can use us mightily. Father, I ask right now that you put a spirit of boldness on every single believer listening right now, that they would be encouraged because of their identity as the bride of Christ, who will be one with you when you return. Father, that we would go and we would advance your kingdom and be about your business, knowing that the enemy does not have power over us, but must submit to us because you place that authority in us. It's not of our own doing, but yours. And he must obey you. And we are your messengers. Father, we thank you for that honorable position. Father, we pray that you would teach us to honor and glorify you, that you would find faith on the earth when you return. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in to Buddy Walk with Jesus. For more information, check us out at buddywalkwithjesus.com. Look for us on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. You can also find us on Discord at the Buddy Walk community for prayer and fellowship. And lastly, if you check out the episode description, we have a listener support link and we would love your support for this ministry. As always, know that you are prayed for and know that you are loved.